Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Today we have a crazy revenge story against a roommate from heck. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, want my girlfriend? Threaten me? Take my whole crappy life. I had a girlfriend, we were bad for each other, and unsurprisingly she was cheating on me. I found out in a rather dramatic way and had a full-on mental breakdown. Dude who she was cheating with had been fed a bunch of lies to keep him from talking to me, and he started threatening me with violence. Long story short, we broke up, she moved out of our place and into his place, I started therapy. A few months go by, and I realize in therapy that I wasn't just busted up about my ex-girlfriend, but also my whole life. I decided to find a new job, a new place to live, everything. Got the ball rolling and the day I got my new job offer, I saw an email come into our jobs at inbox with the company I was working for. I recognized the name as the guy who was threatening me and now living with my cheating ex. So I referred him to my boss, talked about how he was great, I'd only heard good things and hey, because I was putting in my two weeks, they should definitely hire him. Dude comes in for an interview, I'm on the panel. When we're in the room together alone, he's like, Dude, I'm so sorry, bro, for all the things I said. Thank you so much for helping me out. I say no sweat. She always had good things to say about you, and I know that she had a good picker. After all, she chose both of us, and we chuckled like polite people. He actually does okay in the interview and gets the job. That job was a crap show. I'm not exaggerating when I say that it is the worst job I ever had. The place that I was moving to was paying twice for a third of the work. I was so relieved to be leaving. When I moved out of my place a month later, my landlord asked if I knew anyone who was looking. Gave her the guy's phone number. That apartment was charming as freak when you first see it, but was similarly absolute trash. But you didn't know that until you were living there. My buddy from my old job told me he got the call for it at work and jumped on it. So I knew he had my old crappy job, my old crappy place, and my old cheating girlfriend. I hope he enjoyed my life more than I did, but somehow I doubt it. I do know that they broke up about two months later. I love that OP is literally hermit crabbing through life with this guy, literally shedding their old, small, crappy shell as they would describe it and giving it to the jerk, who honestly should probably look for a bigger shell for themselves but is more than willing for some reason to cram themselves into OP's old one. It's honestly one of the weirdest forms of satisfying revenge, but giving this guy all of your crappy hand-me-downs and watching them just pick it up like as if it's progress for them in life, is pretty satisfying actually. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is, found this absolute gold in AITA. I travel for work, and the guys I travel with are closer to me than family in most cases. I haven't been home in almost six months, stuck out here on the road working 70 plus hours a week. We got this temp several months ago who was rather rotund, much like I am. Anyway, someone made the comment that he could be my kid and he ran with it. So for over a month, I've been dealing with him calling me father, daddy, and other names. I've asked him to stop ever since he started with this behavior. I've tried to nip it in the bud without being too much of a jerk. 
My boss has even gotten into calling me his dad, though not very often. It is driving me crazy. Now to the part where I may be the jerk. If he wants me to be his daddy, I will be. One morning before the daily safety meeting, he started up with his BS, and so I finally publicly accepted that he was, in fact, my son. Then described how he came about, in front of everybody. I explained how I had one too many beers one night and went to Taco Bell. The next morning as I woke, feeling like I was going to die in a huge knot in my gut, I made my way to the restrooms, and after many prayers and promises to never do this again, the good lord gave me a reminder. Him, born through the stress and labor of an alcohol-induced drunken night of the world's worst fast food and pretty decent beer, my son arrived with the stench that honestly made me want to hurl and the amniotic fluid that was made from the unholy union of IPA and chicken burrito supreme. My jerk baby. The butthole messiah. No mother carried him. No mother cared for him. The existence he has came from only me, beer, and a culinary mistake. Now everyone's calling him Taco Bell. Or, as I said earlier, the butthole messiah. He asked me to stop and I told him I couldn't deny my child anymore. He doesn't talk to me much anymore, but I really don't care. My boss asked me to stop this. As if I could at this point. I asked him where he was the whole time I protested. He didn't say anything. Anyway, I await your judgment. Am I the jerk for bringing the butthole messiah into this world? Yeah, I don't really blame OP here. I think OP's not the jerk. And yeah, it's not really fair to see them picking favorites so blatantly like that. The boss thinks all this father-daddy stuff is so hilarious, but all of a sudden feels bad for somebody because they started getting called Taco Bell. Or, you know, the messiah. There's no shame, no guilt, no jerk status you should feel from that. Our next story is, won't turn down the noise of your heating unit? Enjoy some cold days in your shop. So this story takes place three years ago. I used to live on the first floor in a corner building, second floor for any Americans reading, and the ground floor of this building was a general commercial unit that had been vacant for about a year. That changed in December 2020. At that point, our National Post Service rented the ground unit as a temporary place where merchants could drop off packages instead of having to go to the general post office further away. As soon as they moved in, I kept hearing this weird buzzing sound at night but couldn't really find out what it was. Only when the weather turned even colder, the buzzing got more serious and I couldn't sleep and ventured out on my decking at night. There's an external heating unit up there that warms the commercial unit. It was blowing and buzzing like it was getting ready to spin itself apart. Clearly something was wrong with it, as it had never been this loud before. I'm talking full power almost 95% of the time, and the remaining 5% a weird buzzing as the coolant, I think, refilled or something. So naturally being the social bird that I am, I went to pay a visit to the worker in the post office down below and inquired if they had any issues. They had, and someone would come out to look at it, they promised. I asked if maybe the office worker could shut down the unit at night, but she was kind of reluctant. She told me a technician had instructed her to keep the unit at max capacity throughout the night, otherwise the coolant would freeze and the unit would not start up in the morning. This was not great news. Anyway, I was still pretty chill at this point, though the constant buzzing and fans blowing were really annoying. I informed the landlord and he pointed back at the city who rented the place out to loan it again at the post office. The same day, I had a call from a heating technician, as the only way to access the heating unit was through my flat. 
This guy was really friendly, but only came to take a look and left again. I didn't hear anything from anyone for a few days and I got really annoyed. The shop assistant also started giving me some nasty vibes whenever I popped in for an update. After two weeks of buzzing and not sleeping, I was completely drained. At this point I'd been working many months during COVID in a healthcare function, wasn't able to sleep, and I had to take up my first vacation days in months only to be stuck at home, COVID lockdown, with a fan blowing and buzzing like a jet engine just before taking off 24-7, days on end. My place was really small and there was no escape from the constant droning and buzzing. Now, the holidays were coming up and I found out the package drop-off down below would be closed five days in a row. I went down and probably looked and sounded like a lunatic draining with exhaustion at this point and asked the assistant if she could please, please, please turn the heating down a few notches during those days. I didn't even ask them to turn it off. Anyway, I was greeted by stone-cold hostility at this point, and so I asked to speak to her boss. I got his number and tried reasoning with him. He told me some actual bullcrap about the place being the responsibility of the city and that he couldn't decide anything about the heating unit. I asked him about the name of his contact with the city, and he flat out refused, saying it would breach confidentiality and I should figure it out on my own. It was clear he wasn't going to actually be of any help, so I hung up and retreated. It was clear that nobody who could do anything actually cared that I was slowly going crazy. It was the 23rd of December and I wasn't going to find anyone at the city who could help me. I knew it, and the jerk from the post office knew it. Even then, it was just the general manager bullcrap talk for suck it. I relayed this to my landlord, also the landlord of the commercial unit, who was on vacation at the time and would be for another two weeks. He wasn't really pleased with the shop not wanting to turn down the unit. I'm a pretty good renter and relayed the best information ever. The fuses to the entire shop were located at the same place as my fuses were. I had complete access to them, even better. He allowed me to turn off the fuses at night. At this point, I was ecstatic. I waited until the shop closed, went to the fuse board and flicked the switch. I went upstairs to my flat and... nothing. Heavenly silence. I enjoyed five days of complete rest and, for the first time in three weeks, actual sleep. I also figured out I just had to flick off the main switch to the shop for about a second and could put it back on. The heating unit would have to be manually restarted. I presume, so it wouldn't fire back on, not even with power flowing to it. I can't describe how it felt not hearing that ringing constantly. It was almost as if something was missing during the first days without it. Christmas and New Year's passed by and the shop opened up again. Every night I would flick the switch and turn everything off, all with the landlord's permission. After about three days, I had a vacation day and stuck my nose into the store. The assistant was bundled up and it was way colder there than before. I acted like an idiot and thanked them for listening to me after all and turning down the unit at night. Really friendly of them. The shop assistant told me the unit kept failing during the night and it was a real pain in the butt as it wouldn't work as well during the first few hours of the day, especially on really cold days. Her boss now wanted to send a technician again. But remember, the only way to access the heating unit is through my flat. I kept playing the friendly idiot and gave my number to the assistant and told her to have her boss call me to make an appointment. The same dude who buzzed me off before the holidays. Wasn't half an hour before I got a call. 
I played along for a bit and acted like the helpful idiot once again and told him we would have to plan the appointment around my schedule at work. He then asked what my schedule was like, to which I replied with the biggest grin ever, I'm sorry, but sharing that information would breach confidentiality. Maybe he could find that information on his own. Took him a few seconds to realize, and then I just started laughing and hung up. No way was I going to help people that didn't even want to work out something constructive when I was the one undergoing the consequences. For the next two weeks, I kept flicking off the fuses at night and enjoyed the fact that the store would be stone cold the entire day after. When my landlord was back from vacation, I allowed him access to my flat and the unit with his trusted technician. Turns out it was a pretty easy fix. The unit ran normal again, but for the remaining week, I kept shutting down the unit by flicking the fuses. It had become a habit at that point. I only hope the penny finally dropped and they understood who was freaking them back all along. After that, the temporary affair with the post service was stopped and the building became vacant again. You know, it's nice to hear a story about the landlord actually caring about the people. Usually you hear stories about landlords being horrendous or refusing to help. Usually the bad guy in this story would be the landlord, not the boss of that company. This next story is making my friend go insane by doing what she does. A neat little story from a few days ago, which I thought you might enjoy. Edit, when I say texts, it was Discord texts. That's why they could be deleted without anyone seeing them. I have a friend who deletes just about all of her text messages. Don't ask, I don't know. Now, I'd been dealing with her doing this for a while, and it's been mildly annoying, but nothing generally too bad. However, there were some times where she'd send a message, delete it, and then go complain to another person that I'm ignoring them, despite the fact that there was no message for me to see. Myself and the others began to get a bit annoyed of this habit of hers. She went okay, not deleting them for a while, then went and deleted several months of messages, which, if hers were close to mine, was over 2,000. This told us it wasn't really a habit. One day, she had just kind of bugged me across the past couple of days, and so I decided to have a bit of fun making her understand how annoying it could be. I sent her a mediocrely long message, and then, halfway through her reading it, deleted it. She just asked why I deleted it and then pointed out that she couldn't read fast enough to see it. I did this general thing several times over, sending and deleting before she could do anything about it. After a while, she stopped responding, so naturally I told one of the other people, we knew to get them, to ask why she was ignoring me. The same way she had done previously when she deleted messages I never saw. Later that night, someone else sent me a message asking why my friend was ticked and that when they asked her the response, it was... OP knows what he did. Apparently she was barely aware of the fact that I was doing what she did until we went on call several days later and explained why I did what I did. She was ticked, which amused us because we were all fed up with her doing this, and she now knew how it felt. I'm happy to say she stopped deleting all of her messages and is now very much aware of how annoying that entire thing was. There's definitely a lot of detail missing, but I don't know what to put without making this stupidly long and painful to read. Actually, I think OP did a pretty good job explaining everything that had gone on. I think the point and the revenge are all right there. Honestly, I don't know if it's like this person just had a lot of second guessing going on, or if this was like some kind of quirky thing they just started taking on as like their thing to do. But if there is one kind of person talking to me that upsets me, It's the kind of person who sends a message and then realizes you're not around and deletes it. On Discord, you still get that one unread notification, but you'll go there and it's just gone. 
The best thing is when it'll send a notification to your phone, even if they delete it. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It doesn't wipe the notification from your phone. So you'll go to your phone, you'll read it, and you'll be able to reply to it and say, why did you delete this? Or why did you not want me to read that on second thought? But it is extremely annoying. If you want to ask me if I'm there and I don't reply, don't delete it and leave a big red one right next to your name. Our next story is pettiness yesterday on my flight. Yesterday, I was on a flight from Charlotte, North Carolina to Phoenix, Arizona, which is in the US for y'all. I'm disabled, back issue, doesn't really matter, but for context, that's why I'm right up front. I'm in the front row. Now, most airlines, the front row is first class, but this particular airline doesn't have seating arrangements. It's all about the number on your boarding pass. The first bin is for those of us in the front rows to put our purse or backpacks because we can't put them under the seat in front of us. This woman gets on pretty close to last and starts shoving her stuff on top of everyone else's things in the first bin. Mind you, there is plenty of room in the bin right behind the first one. I say, ma'am, you're shoving your purse into my backpack and my iPad is in there, as are my headphones. Could you please stop? She said, well, you shouldn't have your stuff in there. Why aren't you holding them? I say, because we aren't allowed to have them in our lap until after we take off. They already announced it. There is plenty of room for your purse and bag in the bin right behind you. She says, um, no, I don't want my bag way back there. I say it's literally right next to that one and you wouldn't have your crap all over my backpack. They say, nope, not moving it. Cue my pettiness. As soon as we took off, I made sure to get up and get my headphones. Here you go, ma'am. Could you hold your purse while I get my headphones? Excuse me, ma'am. Can you hold your purse while I get my iPad? Excuse me, ma'am. Can you hold your purse while I get my lip gloss? Excuse me, ma'am, can you hold your purse while I put my headphones away and get my earbuds? I made about 10 trips getting into my backpack just to annoy her because she refused to be a decent person. She was giving me the stink eye after about the third time, but I didn't care. You don't care about being a decent person? I don't care about you having a nice flight. All of the passengers around me caught on to what I was doing pretty quickly and giggled every single time I unbuckled my seatbelt. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes, hopefully this will teach this woman not to be such a jerk, but I doubt it. Considering the stink eye and the lack of adjustment even after 10 times of going to the backpack and pulling stuff out, I doubt this lady learned anything. In fact, I'm sure she's going to use this to be more spiteful in the future because that's just the kind of person they are. 
Our next story is, no you can't see your dying relative. This drove me bat crazy when it happened and drove my instant resignation, but here goes. I'd been working as a dispatch supervisor for about a year or so in a warehouse for a company getting on their feet and expanding quickly. I would work long hours for crap pay, but I believe there are rewards for really putting in with most things in life. We had a pretty crappy WMS, but I spent the time making it work, setting up Wi-Fi and scanners in the warehouse, along with processes for picking and dispatching, etc. Over time, I was pushed harder and harder without receiving any appreciation for my efforts. Even basic gratitude, money was not everything. It got rather close to Xmas, and my grandfather was about to pass and I wanted to take a week off to see him and say goodbye. I was flatly refused any leave because it was close to Xmas. This was not written in my contract by the way. Even after providing solid proof, I was not making this up. I went back a few times even to the point of asking for one day. Denied. I was furious. I absolutely crippled the WMS, Wi-Fi, scanners, and a bunch of other things they needed to function. Resigned with immediate effect and walked out. It was a jerk move. But freak them. Someone would have been able to fix it, but it would have been quite the headache. If you're working a job that will flat out refuse to allow you any time off, even a day to go see a dying relative you care about, you're probably working in the wrong place. Even the President of the United States can get some time off to go see somebody. You would have to be doing some kind of crazy, important to the world type job to not be able to get time off. This next story is had the roommate from heck and couldn't get rid of her, so I made living with me as miserable as possible. This happened in 2008-2009, but I thought this community would appreciate the story. In 2008, I had just left my husband. I caught him cheating multiple times and I was just over it. A new girl, we'll call her Amy, started at my job and we made a fast friendship. I was in the middle of packing up and moving out of my house. I needed a roommate for a new apartment I was looking at, because my wages weren't going to pay the bills. So we move in together and live peacefully together for a while. I was moving on with my life. I'd gotten a better paying job, was spending time with my friends, and I felt okay with life at the time. At the time I was 25, single, and not looking for anything serious, so I had a friend who would stop over a few times a week for some adult fun. Amy was cool with it on the surface. It didn't affect her in any way. My friend didn't hang out at our place, He didn't eat at our place. He didn't use our household supplies. My relationship with him affected her exactly 0%, but I guess she was a little green about the fact that I was getting some attention and she was not. She would flirt with him, go visit him where he worked, etc., but he was absolutely not interested in her. This is where things started to go downhill. For context, she'd been married a few times, she was 13 years older than me, and the dads had full custody of their respective kids. She was dating someone, but he was already in a relationship, so he wasn't about to commit to anything besides stopping by for 30 minutes after he worked the night shift every day. I tried to point out all the red flags, but she was convinced it was love. This dude used to hit on me constantly in front of her. He was very open about being in a committed relationship with his girlfriend, so I have no idea why Amy thought this was going anywhere. After a few months, I met someone I wanted to be serious with, so we started dating. We'll call the guy Tom. Tom and I got pretty serious fast. He was living in a horrible situation, so he moved in with Amy and I pretty quickly. I think it was after about a month of dating. 
So we have our room and she has her own room. The bills went from 50-50 to 33-33-34 to make sure things were still even. We shared a kitchen, living room, and bathroom. After Tom moved in, she started openly hitting on him in front of me. Every guy I had in my house, even just friends, she had to hit on. None of them ever took her up on it. Every single one turned her down and I think this added greatly to her oncoming behavior. Over the next couple of weeks, Amy did a complete 180. She stopped paying rent, refused to buy any food and would just eat whatever Tom and I bought, would not wash her dishes. We had two cats, one hers and one mine, and she would never clean the litter in her room, so her cat would use our hallway floor as a bathroom every single day. Every day when I got home from work, there was a big steaming pile of cat crap right inside my front door, sitting in the middle of a giant puddle of urine. My cat was locked in my room at night with her own supplies, so there was zero chance it was her. It was the same thing every morning by the front door. Whenever she was done eating the food she stole from me, she would set her plate with the leftovers on the kitchen floor for her cat to pick at. She would leave the plate there for days, to the point that if I didn't pick them up, there would be multiple plates on the floor with food in various stages of decay. All of my dishes started going missing, except for the cat's plates of course, and what dishes were left, she refused to wash ever. She used my toilet paper, my laundry soap, even my tampons. This went on for about two months and it just kept getting progressively worse. She would use panty liners every day and would change them multiple times a day and stuff them in the garbage can in the bathroom. She would leave it there completely overflowing and spilling out onto the floor for days until I caved and put on gloves and threw them out. The can would be full in about a week, so this happened a few times. That's not even the worst of it, my expensive DSLR went missing. I was a photography hobbyist at the time, but it was my dream to be a professional photographer and own my own photography business. I would shoot stuff for friends and family as practice, and one day I grabbed my camera bag from the shared living room, and as soon as I picked it up, I felt my heart sink into my stomach. You know that instant dread that grips you the second you realize something truly gut-wrenching has happened? I opened the bag, and of course, the camera is gone. That was an expensive camera for that time of my life, and it was a gift from my parents, so I was truly devastated. I couldn't prove a thing and I wasn't even sure how long it had been missing. It could have been her boyfriend that took it, but either way it was gone. So now this is it. This is the last straw. I need this bench out. I went from nice girl to freaking psycho in about 30 seconds. I'm not the violent type and I hate confrontation. I'm not waiting for a freaking eviction to go through. And I really didn't have the money for that anyway, so here's where I start my petty revenge. Amy wants to live here with me rent-free, stealing my crap, hitting on my boyfriend and neglecting her cat. So be it. But it's going to be on my freaking terms. One vital piece of information. In my divorce, the jerkhead moved back in with mommy and I took everything from the house to my new apartment. So I owned everything and the lease was in my name. I started by changing the Wi-Fi password and the computer password. The following week, I had my cable company come and remove the cable lines to her room. I bought a small fridge for my room and a cabinet and put all my food and personal supplies in my bedroom and put a secure lock on my door. When her cat crap on the floor, I would pick it up and smear it on her bedroom doorknob. 
Overflowing bathroom trash cans filled to the brim with her panty liners were dumped on her bed. I removed the knobs to the washer and the dryer. I did everything possible to make her life uncomfortable. I did other small stuff, anything that came to mind. A few months prior, Amy and I had been working at the same store, and she borrowed another co-worker's laptop. She ended up getting fired, but she never gave the laptop back, and the co-worker was really trying to get it back from her. Amy ghosted her, of course. So, while she was out one day, I went in and took the laptop and gave it back to its rightful owner. Amy called the cops on me and said I stole her computer, but I explained what happened. She admitted to the cops that the computer wasn't hers, and the cops said it wasn't their problem anymore. That one really made her hate me. She wasn't working at the time, so it's not like she had any money to do anything or buy anything. She was literally just existing in room in my apartment. She would disappear during the day, but I have no idea where she was going. She moved out after about six weeks. When she moved out of my apartment, I didn't even know she had left. I just noticed she wasn't coming or going for about a week, so Tom and I cleaned out her room. She left clothes, broken furniture, a cardboard dresser, and five 39-gallon garbage bags of trash we collected from the mass piles of panty liners, rotting food, and ordinary trash we found in the room. It's a miracle we didn't have roaches. I found all my missing dishes, silverware, and cups all covered in food and grossness. I just threw it all away. I wish I still had the photos, though. Oddly enough, about six months later, I opened my back door to take out the trash, and my camera was in a bag hanging from my doorknob. I know Amy definitely didn't return it. For about two years after, every time I would find out that Amy was living with someone new, I would message them and send them the photos of her room, papers in the trash that had her name on them, and I would tell them the whole story. One time, it caused the people she was living with to throw her crap out on the porch. She had just moved in, and they had small kids, and they didn't want to risk it with her. I stopped after that. She knew it was me telling them too, so I figured I'd sufficiently made my point. Honestly, although OP felt like they had to resort to this level of crazy, petty action to get them to leave, they kind of deserved it, not gonna lie, they were a terrible roommate. This next story is... Friends Petty Revenge on X I have to say, one of the best forms of revenge I've ever seen, my friend Julia, not her real name, has went through a horrible marriage and divorce. When her and her ex were dividing their things, she was supposed to get the cookbooks, as she loves to cook. He accidentally took a personal cookbook of hers, but he then began asking for a cookbook that was one of his favorite cookbooks. She said that was fine and she would give him back the cookbook and she asked for hers back, He has refused so far. He also told her he thinks it may have been lost in the move. But even if it's at his house, oh well. She went back and forth if she should give him back the cookbook. She decided in the end to be the bigger person and give him his back. But she made a few corrections in the end. She took out the recipes that were his favorites and rewrote them. So say he loved some cookies and pies. She added less or more sugar, more or less baking soda, or added extra salt. If it was a main dish, she added extra things or took out something that was needed. She made sure he wouldn't get sick from any of the new additions, just things that'll make it taste not just quite right. She then gave it back to him. She knows no matter what, he won't give her back her cookbook, no matter how she approaches it. 
She said that after everything she's been through, this has made her smile, knowing every time he goes to cook all of his favorite dishes, they will all just taste not quite right. When she shared this with me, I laughed so hard and knew I had to share this with the hashtag petty crew. Honestly, kind of a devastating thing to think that you made your own personalized cookbook with recipes you really liked and some jerk nabs had to keep it for themselves. Honestly, I think they got off easy by having their favorite recipes altered. Shoot, depending on what they did, they might have made some even better. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 